Josh, is it is it recording? Well, you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya, it's Sally here. <laughs> just a quick one, just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. Oh, I can't say that. But why? Why? Why is it rate? Uh, anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you Come a come a come a come a come a chameleon. You got Red Bull. You got Red Bull. Abu Dhabi was rigged and it helped all of their team. But our eyes now green. Our eyes now green. We not envy. Come a come a come a come a come a chameleon. Break it down, break it down. Oi, vibes needs to jump on that track. What? We're saying karma chameleon as opposed to like chameleon. Anyway, Vibes needs to jump on that track so he can say, we not fear intimidation. Uh, oh, bomba hole. Go mad up your mother. Uh. <laughs> I cannot wait for Start Your Motors because girl, girl. Them wings snapped off. Those wings weren't in motion, baby. Nothing, no flap. Everything, everything was just quiet. Shh, night, night. Red Bull go night, night. Can't wait to get to start your motors. I didn't even really have a song this week, but I just kept thinking about karma and how it's so sweet. And boom, I just thought, you know what? Let me just freestyle a little thing, and here we are. Anyway, 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 it is me, Kalechi, in the Rask Club place to be, and you are listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. And you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling too great. I'm a little bit under the weather. I've been training so much, um, just because my days allow it, but also not resting enough, which is a bit silly. And, you know, the full moon was in Virgo, which is my sixth house. So I really should be considering like my health. And, you know, it just it's like I, I basically powered down like that. Um, the Red Bull power unit in Perez and Verstappen's card. <laughs> oh, ooh. Lord, <laughs> but mine wasn't in front of the world. Um, so I, yeah, I just needed to power down. Um, so I'm just still feeling a bit like just tired. I know if I get like a good sleep in, I should be all right. Um, but it's been great, you know, being getting some runs in, getting some gym sessions in, different friends as well. I went to try third space the other day. I'm sorry, I don't know what you lot like about that place. Of course, the facilities are cute. You know, you've got a swimming pool, you've got a sauna, steam room, rare, 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 rare. It's cute. But I think that the staff are very feisty. Like there is just a vibe. There is just a soullessness to certain spaces like that. Very white centered spaces that that purport and um, wellness. But there's just 
a soullessness, like a coldness to it. It's the way, because I went with my friend Andrew and so as his guest and he was like, oh, you should try it out. You might like it because I'm just like, I don't bother with those sorts of places. I've already got my gym. I'm fine. He's like, I'll come through, come and try it. So we went and he went to go and put his bike away and um, I needed to like sign some stuff to get, um, you know, set up. But it's that thing that they do when they're like, hi so yeah because your friend isn't here with you right now if you could just wait yeah so if you could just fill this out and just wait like I was planning to wait anyway what did you think I was going to do jump over the barriers and so I take the iPad to go and sit like down somewhere and the way that their eyes were following me with this iPad Omar are you not the first people to have iPads do you think I'm going to like try and stash that iPad in my nan and run what 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 is this meanwhile Oh, girl, let me not, let me not, child, because, whew. anyway, um, so yeah, I don't think it bangs, <laughs> and then when they sent that um, email that they sent, where they're like, oh my god, it's me checking in, and if you had a great session with us, I was like, I did not, I did not, although your facilities are cute or whatever, your staff, they need souls, they're very, very cold, don't like it. And I can't imagine for the life of me why that behavior would be exhibited. I don't want to, you know, you know, ponder on it or try to guess, but it's not cute. It's not cute. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that really. I've just, I've done quite a few bits this week. I've just been about, yeah, I think I've just been about workshops, rare, 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 rare. It's been about the place, but, um, what we want is rest. What we want is peace and love. Um, I won't waste too much time because otherwise this episode will end up being very, very long because I've got, um, a special straw of the week, um, obviously about child Q at the end of this, you know, so that's rather, uh, lengthy. So I don't want to, you know, take up too much of your Mondays because, or whenever you decide to listen to this, cause I know y'all got shit to do. So, um, yeah, we'll just keep it moving. But it's been a great week. Um, and I just thank you all for your vibes that you send my way. Um, all the prayers you send my way. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And I appreciate it. Um, okay. So yeah, I've been doing big things this week. I'm just looking at my diary like raw. I've been doing a lot been about anyway. Um, then that was last week. I mean, then I'm going into the new week and I've still got, um, I've still got an article to even write as well uh for the voice you know my voice column but I'll get to all of that anyway let's get into the tarot like I said I don't want us to waste time I want us to make the most of our um time together one thing I've been encouraging you lot to do for some time especially those who are waiting who are waiting for tarot readings from me you know that my free time is so limited I'm I, I do attempt to make space um but one of the best things you can do is just email your question to the podcast. Um, and obviously it'll be anonymous, you know, don't give away any like self-identifying things or, you know, things that will make it easy to identify you. But um, you can send your questions in and then, because I feel like these things always apply to more than one person anyway. I say that because somebody sent a letter in this week, which I think is beneficial for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, 
so it says here, hi Kalechi, I've written into the podcast before and as you know, I'm a long time listener and overall stalker slash fan of your work and of you. I know you don't take uh, requests for tarot readings for the podcast. I do. However, I'm writing to you today because I think my problem is one that a lot of people can identify with. So I wondered whether you would consider doing a card pull for it for your next episode. My father is terminally ill and we've been advised by doctors that he doesn't have long left, maybe hours, days or weeks. I'm completely heartbroken and just cannot imagine a world without him in it. But not just that, it's making me question the whole purpose of life. What is the point of it all? How do I make sense of living? Like a lot of people, my headspace is also taken up with all the horrible realities of life right now. COVID, Ukraine, racism, sexism, bills, misogynoir. How do I get through it all? How do I cope? And that's what, uh, that's why I'm writing this letter to you. My faith is usually strong and I'm usually strong, but right now I need all the spiritual guidance I can get. I thought maybe other listeners might feel the same way. Thank you for that. So let's get some cards. (sighs) Let's get some cards on that about keeping the faith when it feels like everything is just turned in on itself and especially during the time of um, a loved one um, transitioning onwards into another life another dimension like what does spirit have to tell us about that okay all right we've got the knight of swords in reverse We've got the Ace of Pentacles. We've got the Hierophant in reverse. Um, and then we've got the Fool card in reverse. Okay. What are you trying to say to me, baby? Okay. And the King of Pentacles. And the Wheel of Fortune in reverse. Okay. And I'm, I'm at the bottom of the deck. So I'll just take that out from the bottom of the deck. And then strength card underneath that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Let's get into it. The son of uh, swords, um, because I'm using the Afro goddess tarot arcanas uh, deck. Um, The son of swords in reverse is talking about the fact that we're not going to have all of the answers and life sends us in so many directions and so many of the directions feel unknown and feel so uncertain that sometimes we don't want to move forward. We're like, surely this is the point where my life stops. Surely this is the point where my life stops. My father being terminally ill is the point where my life stops. And then life has an incredible way of showing you that while a type of life that you have might stop with that person in terms of how you interact with them in this physical realm something else begins and I know that it feels sometimes like people just go on and on when they say like oh you know one ending means a new beginning but truly it is I was reading something the other day I can't remember where um where I saw it but it said something like like as humans we think that we observe nature but we forget that we are nature we are also part of this ecosystem we're part of it we're not separate to it because we can stand upright or we've got opposable thumbs or whatever like we are also nature and the moment we get arrogant enough to think that we're separate from it is when you see what's happening to the world right now like we're fucking it up basically because of believing that somehow we are superior to it and can control it 
every other um, participant in nature, they play their role so well. They play their position so well. It's us as humans that's like, well, fuck that shit. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Why? Why? And so in this situation, it feels like spirit's asking you to be part of nature, be part of nature and know that like, it's all, it's all a journey. It's all a journey. And while it's, of course, it's sad. And of course, it's painful to um, know that one of your loved ones is passing on. But understand that they're merely going on to the next leg of the journey because this can't be it like this this isn't it you know they're merely going into another realm where they don't they don't need to take this physical body with them because we're more than the physical bodies that we inhabit and when my dad passed that fucked me up because it was just like first of all I had to find out on Facebook um and the reason that people were like oh we didn't call you straight away is because when we were calling you calling you to send extra money (coughs) you didn't want to send it. I was like, no, I wanted to buy the medicine properly. So you weren't giving my dad counterfeit medication and, and also keeping some of the money for yourself. Um, and so I was finding other means and they didn't like that. So them being the closest people to him, like in proximity, physical proximity, they was just like, yeah, we'll delay it by a few hours or a day. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was really painful, but what, I've come to discover since my dad passing is that we have a new type of relationship. Um, I would say in some ways a closer type of relationship. Some people might be like, well, that's just a coping mechanism because they're just gone and that's it forever to you, to you. And that's perfectly okay for it to be that way to you. But if I ever, ever, ever said on this podcast, some of the things that I've seen in this life that shows me just how thin the veil is between the world that we um, currently inhabit and the world that is waiting for us. My God, my God, it's really fucking scary. Scary in a way that it just blows your mind. It's not scary as in like, oh, ghouls and goblins. No, just scary in the fact like, rah, when spirit said eternity, then man meant an eternity. And I'm saying man in a non-gender, it's in a gender neutral way. But yeah, like eternity is eternity, you know, and we are all a part of something greater. And so the Ace of Pentacles is the next card and it's upright. And then we see, you know, um, the uh, uh, coin being held out from the clouds. They got their nails did and we've got um, crops uh, at the bottom of it, which is letting us know that there is a season for everything. There is e- There is even a season for us. And we don't know how all of that plays out, but there is even a season for us. We don't know when, when all of this stops. We don't even really know when it started. If you think about it, you just kind of at one point became aware that you're here. And obviously other people were aware of you being here because you were growing with them. But, you know, there is a point where you kind of arrive into your existence And that's the same way I feel like then you move into another one. But the Hierophant is in reverse here because it's saying like, sometimes the reason that we're scared of what is to come and um, the the natural kind of um, flow of life, why it scares us is because of the dogma that we've internalized growing up. 
we're worried about, you know, sinning. We're worried about heaven, hell. We're worried about so many things. We're, you know, we're also worried about the society that says, have you achieved enough? Like, oh, and also what are you leaving for your, you know, for people who come after you? Like they just ends up being so, so much, so, so much that we um, are worried about. Um, and all of it just plays to ego. That's all it plays into. Ego is what's scared of dying because our eternal self, understands our immortality and understands that this is literally a moment like this is just a moment that we're experiencing right now however long it might feel at times we've already seen how time can contract and expand during these lockdowns that we've experienced globally time is not as we know it and actually that's further um highlighted when you consider what happens when people uh pass on like time is not as we know it like what we're experiencing right now is just happening in like the blink of the spirit um, of spirit's eye you know um and it's been um working rigorously um to um move away to divest from a dogma that makes us believe that this is the end that that after this this is the end and also that when people pass on that is the end because depending on your the boundaries that you want and the kind of relationships that you had with people like their energy continues to be in and around you and it continues to support you and in fact when um family members uh ancestors and that aren't trapped in physical meat sacks or you know they are able to help and shift things in ways unimaginable because they see everything happening simultaneously um and you get that guidance you get that support for some people, it might be like, oh, well, I don't believe in that. And that makes me uncomfortable to hear. And that's perfectly OK. I am never here to convince anybody of anything. I'm just talking about what ha- I've seen and what I've experienced and what I know to be a truth. However, there are many truths that can exist simultaneously. Like you do what works for you in it. But in terms of the hierophant being in reverse, when we think about death, if we actually peel the layers away, why we're scared of other people passing on is because we are scared of passing on. We are scared of what would it mean for me not to be here the same way that they're not going to be here. That it comes back to self. And if you can, if you can um, comfort yourself with the knowing that it's your ego that is scared of dying. Your ego is attached to time because the ego has to have a reason for being. When ego starts to dissolve because you realise that there is an observer of that ego that knows that, you know, everything works as it should, then you'll be all right. Of course, like this doesn't take away the pain of intergenerational trauma, of systemic racism, of oppression, of all of those things. But I believe that it's in knowing um, of our immortality and not attaching ourselves to ego. That would mean that we have less fucking dickhead running um, the world and um, we exist. We can exist in a more cohesive, more community based way. And we've got the full card in reverse here as well. Quite a couple, quite a few major arcana cards. We've got the full card in reverse here saying like, you know, the full card usually speaks to new beginnings, right? New beginnings and, you know, new opportunities and all of that stuff. This is saying that you can't be scared of new beginnings. You can't be scared of what will my life look like if my dad's not here. It's going to look different. Of course it will. 
but you won't be any less safe. You are still always protected, still always loved. That like that love doesn't go away. Like in fact, I believe that the love becomes even stronger because again, it's not it's an energy, right? But it's not then in, um, encased within a body. It can be so expansive in ways that you can't imagine. Um, and sometimes we know the depth of our love through loss or perceived loss right that's when we know what there is um uh that we're awaiting us and what we are capable of being able to hold space for and we've got to allow the grieving process to happen we've got to nothing's going to shield us from that you've got to grieve you've got to mourn because it's natural what's being mourned is like oh our part uh, you know the part of our journey that we spend on this in this physical dimension is done you know that we spend together is done um and I don't know what's next but I promise you what's next is beautiful what's next is beautiful and it's being um open to it what's next is um you know financial um support um I'm looking at the white rose here as well and just more um and yeah what's what am I getting I'm getting uh financial support something's going to change about the way that you operate with money um and then we're getting the white rose because then it's also you being reminded of certain things to do with um childhood trauma and how all of these things are shifting um they're shifting to be healed. They're shifting to be healed. And sometimes as hard as it is, we do need to celebrate. We need to celebrate people's lives. Like, yes, they're gone, but also like they touched so many people and they were so, so loved. So celebration is important. So I get someone was saying to me the other day, they don't get why everyone has to wear black when, you know, they're going to funerals and um, that and that they would want people to wear bright colors and things like that and everyone has their own preferences but it's understanding that you must celebrate life you must celebrate life when people are passed on but you also have to celebrate life in the moment as well like you have to live you you have to live your life doesn't stop because somebody's passed on and a um, king of pentacles is here again this strong message of like things being shifted abundance being brought to you and um, there's a a pile of gold in the background as well so I don't know whether that's to do with like um uh inheritances or things like that but there is something about the fact that they are going to be able to provide things for you in a way that they weren't able to provide things for you um while they were here um so it's holding on to that as well that there's just so much more support that's available um when we have to go through that hardship of losing a loved one and it's just reminding ourselves of that the wheel of fortune in reverse um it's a reminder that you can't rush the process you cannot rush the process you can't stop time sometimes we love people so much we want to stop time because we don't want time to keep going because we know that inevitably one of us is out of here so we want to stop time and we want to hold on to that thing but what if the whole point of this is that we move with time we learn how love can can go with what we perceive to be time and then go beyond it that is how we know the true um 
potential of love when we think that we've hit a brick wall and surely this is where love stops and surely this is where life stops and actually love just continues to permeate through every single obstacle and and all types of physical matter and continues to thrive regardless that's what we're going that's what we're being shown and then we've got the strength card upright that you're stronger than you think you are stronger than you think and this um experience won't won't um end you there there's this idea of thinking that this is an ending no all this experience is doing however painful it it is and and might be for a while is showing you that there is so much strength in love that through this person loving you throughout their life look at who you've become you know there is so much power in love so when we consider um a loved one passing on it's about celebrating the love that they allowed us to experience within ourselves and um, out, out outside of ourselves as well and holding on to that. So um, that is the point. You said like, so what is the purpose? What is the point of all of this? As woo-woo as it sounds, the point of this is for us to learn radical love, for us to learn what it means to love um, ourselves so furiously or so like so rigorously to love ourselves so rigorously that we see everything we then understand that everything in and around us is an extension of us and thus we must um let that love um transcend into all of those things too into our immediate environment you lot that like to leave dog shit on the on the pavement like transcend into our immediate environment into um you know our global environment into how we treat each other there is something that must shift because there is such a lack of self-love that this is how the life that we see the society that we see plays out and it's not love where you know it's passive and oh well I love so people so I'm just not going to speak out and I don't want no drama sometimes love means batting certain um, government officials up some I'm not saying assassination I'm just saying that they need to be batted up they need to be called out they need to be removed from where they are sometimes love is having boundaries with family members sometimes love is knowing that however much you love somebody you can't you can't uh, change their karmic trajectory you can't change what they have chosen that they want to do in this life um and sometimes no matter how much we love somebody we cannot make their physical body immortal we have to be okay with experiencing every facet of love that is presented to us because it's only then that we understand how it is possible for such a force to have created what we now exist in within this collective reality so i hope that that brings you um some you know solace but it's it's all love it's all beautiful it's all beautiful it's just going to feel tough for a time but you're not done you're not over the love is not done the love is not over um and you'll see that you will see that like by i don't know this time next year when you've got your altar space set up with your um that's photoed there and all of that like you will look at this um you will remember this time and know that it was the beginning of um a different type of prosperity that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to experience so just hold on so tightly to that um cool so with that done i will um jump into share your magnificence quickly my share your magnificence this week goes out to marina of um, of Sianikova 
Yeah, Marina Ovsiyanikova, who um, was on Russian television on the Russian, yeah, the Russian news, and she held up a sign that was basically like, "Stop the war! You're being lied to." And I rate it. I rate it. I rate it. I rate it. Um, it it just it. Oh, you know, I'm feeling it. I think that this is such a complex situation in that, like everyone's cutting Russia out. They're cutting Russia out and they're doing it in such a way. And I said this last week as well, that people aren't considering actual Russian people. I will imagine if, well, it happens, but the, the choices that Boris Johnson makes means that then we lose all of our livelihoods and we lose everything, even though we were not the ones that asked him to be doing what he's doing. Of course, I know that people voted and rare, 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 but there were also people who did not ask for this fuckery and they are being impacted in such a way. And I don't know what kind of news they're, they're showing their man in, in Russia, but a baby girl jumped upon the airwaves um, while it, you know, the television um, news show was being broadcast. And she was like, ah, 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 let's stop that war. Um, it says here, a state television employee burst onto the live broadcast of Russia's most watched t- news t- um, news show on Monday evening, yelling, stop the war and holding up a sign that said, they're lying to you here in an extraordinary act of protest against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The woman, Marina Ovsiyanikova, worked for Channel One, the state-run television channel whose news broadcast she stormed, according to um, a Russian rights group that is giving her legal support. The group also released a video in which Miss Ovsiyanikova says she is deeply ashamed to have worked to produce Kremlin propaganda. The news show Vremya is um, among the Kremlin's flagship propaganda outlets, watched by millions of Russians every evening. The off-script intervention underscored how dissent is seeping into public consciousness in Russia, even after President Vladimir Putin has stifled opposition to the war and has enacted a law to punish anyone spreading whatever the government deems false news uh, um, about its Ukraine invasion with up to 15 years in prison. We are Russian people thinking and smart ones, she said in the video she recorded, calling for Russians to uh, to protest against the war. Only we have the power to stop all this craziness. On Monday evening, Miss Ovsiyanikova walked onto the set as the anchor was describing Russian talks with Belarus um, over how to soften the blow from Western sanctions. Online and video show... um, uh, she unfurled a sign with a ukrainian and a russian flag and said in english no war and russians against war in russian it said stop the war don't believe the propaganda they're lying to you here um the anchor yekaterina andreyeva a veteran who has hosted the vremia uh newscast for more than two decades continued to read her script even as miss ofsiyanikova protested behind her Within a few seconds, the show cut away from the set. Afterwards, according to the TASS state news agency, Channel One said it was investigating an incident with an outsider in the frame during um, a live broadcast. Miss Ovsiyanikova was detained after the protest and was being held at a small police station at Moscow's Ostankino uh, Broadcasting Centre, according to um, OVD Info, a human rights group that supports Russians detained for protesting. Um... More details on her condition weren't immediately available. Uh, the moment went viral online in Russia, despite the Kremlin's recent efforts to block dissent on the internet. 
Within hours, Miss Ofsiyanakova's Facebook page had more than 26,000 comments, with many people thanking her or praising her for her bravery in Russian, English and Ukrainian. Um, her protest followed Mr. Putin's signing of a law earlier this month that effectively criminalizes any public opposition to or independent news reporting about the war. The law could make it a crime to simply call the war a war. Um, the Kremlin says it's a special military operation on social media or in a news article or broadcast, underscoring ju- uh, journalists' fear of the law. The independent newspaper Novaya Gazeta blurred out Ms. Ofsky Yanukovych's anti-war poster in a picture of the protest that it posted on Twitter. Um, it says here thousands of protesters have taken to the streets and squares of uh, of Russian cities to protest in recent weeks, only to be met with heavy police presences. There have been about fifteen thousand arrests, according to tallies, um, according to a tally compiled by OVD Info. While Mr. Putin has been adept at ruthlessly stifling dissent in the past, he could face a challenge if the protests metastasize into uh, a larger movement that punctures the official war narrative. Um. The English language content of Ms. Ofsiyanakova's poster reflected how some Russians are keen to show that the war against Ukraine is not being fought in their name. Despondent over their country's future and afraid of possible conscription and closed borders, tens of thousands of Russians have fled to Turkey, Armenia, Georgia, Central Asia and Europe since the Russian invasion began. But um, I just felt like that was necessary because... I don't know, people really get themselves into this kind of um, flurry and they just forget that there are people, there are there are literal everyday people who are also at the whim of their wayward and fucked up governments. Like, people in Russia have been protesting and I would like for the media across the world to also show that. Like, they're not just like, oh, well, girl, it is what it is. Like, they've also been protesting. And actually, the more um, Russians that know of what's going on because of um, Marina doing what she's doing and other people doing what they're doing, it means that there is that collective effort, like I was talking about earlier, where people are like, I don't want this to be done in my name. Fuck this. I do. I'm not involved. Um, because they are the ones suffering the very, very real consequences of all of this, like, tragedy and hickey hagar and it's not fair so um marina of Yanukova, two slaps on your chest baby girl i hope you're alive i hope you're okay um to that complex that continued reading the news well you know whew, the demons should find you basically um and it's funny because we read that and it's like oh my god look at what russia's doing how is england any different how is Preeti Patel any different to what's just being described that Putin is doing there? How Imagine the, what the BBC did when during the elections and they were putting various signs and, and hats um, on Jeremy Corbyn. Is that not therefore state run as well? Like there are so many things going on that it's easy to kind of point at other people and be like, oh, look at your yash, look at your yash, look at your own yash, look at your own bum bum, look at it bend your head downwards and look at your own bum bum because you're busy talking all of the time you've told us that we can't protest too so how is that different to what putin's doing nah everybody is mad and they're telling you that that person over there is madder but no you're all mad together and we don't want to continue we do not want to persist with this madness so i'm glad that people are calling it out in any way that they can um and putting their lives at risk like that is the real real 
fact of the matter, like putting their life at risk to do that. But big up yourself, Marina, um, for doing what needs to be done. Um, so yeah, I'll big up the first of this week's show sponsors who are Typology and I'll be right back. Big up this week's show sponsors who are Typology. Thank you. Sent me some cute bits. Um, what I've used so far is the Typology uh, tinted serum, which is actually really nice because you get like a like a light coverage when you just want to look a little bit, you know, not too much and um, just like little glowy and hydrated. I think that that's nice. Um, and I think that in the, we you've got in the serum as well, like vitamin C, squalane and aloe vera. So you get like a long lasting hydration because I use that, um, I use aloe vera gel like separately on its own anyway. So to have that also part of the mix really, really helps. And it's vegan as well. And it's 99% uh, naturally derived, um, fragrance free, silicone free, you know, just really, really nice. Like before I put it on, sometimes I can just look a bit, you know, just like I live in this Babylon, you know, and then I put it on and it's like, I'm still living in this Babylon, but glowing, you know, and sometimes that's all a girl needs. Um, that's all a girl needs just a little bit of um a zhuzh a little bit of um a nice yeah a nice radiance a soft radiance um so yeah try it out it like I liked it like I don't like when my skin ends up feeling dry and just yucky um and it like evens out the complexion as well so you just have it almost like you're you've got a filter because I know some of you lot love a filter it's almost like that but you know cute um so it's wonderful sits on your skin without drying out or being patchy um and so i'm really liking it i'm really really liking it so you can um go and you know try it out see what you like see how you're feeling it um yeah typology.com um and when you go to the site um if you're as a listener of the say your mind podcast when you go to typology.com you can get a free nine ingredient lip balm as well so you can try that out find the nine ingredient lip balm um on typology.com add the lip balm to your cart add the code mind at checkout when you're you know getting all your other bits um and yeah go and get it go and enjoy yourself and there are limited quantities available though so if you want it (laughs) i would suggest like typing it in now and checking it out while you're listening to me but yeah go and check them out it's really nice to have some um new brands um skin wise to really explore and see how I get on but I'm gonna try the concealer next and see how I like that as well yeah so go to typology.com find your nine um, ingredient lip balm with the code mind in uh checkout when you've added it to your cart and go and get your life okay let's get to so you mad so this week on So You Mad, I really just wanted to start with the nonsense that Jane Campion did um, at the Critics' Choice Awards last week, Sunday. Um, so Jane Campion is the director of a film called, is it Power of the Dog or something? Um, and so she goes up to go and accept her award. And for some reason, she decides that, you know what, I want to mention venus and serena williams that's what i want to do she said something along the lines of um now serena and venus um you're a marvel but you've never had to um play against men and there is this thing that white women like to do where they just totally invalidate your experience as a um, black woman by being like oh but we're all women no no but black the black also it's part of my womanhood. And so therefore I will experience womanhood differently to you. And when you add all the other intersections there as well, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot. And so it's just like, 
it just reminded me of the time that that other white woman was writing a piece and she said that she didn't like the way that Beyonce was flaunting her pregnancy. It's like, what is your problem? Why, 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 why are you so focused on what black women are doing? Go and enjoy yourself. Go away. But um, I'm reading here that um, director Jane Campion has apologized to tennis greats Venus and Serena Williams for making a thoughtless remark at a Hollywood awards ceremony. Now, when they say thoughtless, it's just like, oh, I wasn't thinking. Exactly. So that means that you did the thing automatically. You need to ask yourself why you, what you go to do automatically is to be violent towards black women. Ask yourself, how, how did that happen? Surely there's some there's something that's educated you, that's um, bred you to this point that this is what you do without having to think about without having to think about it. It is like literally your muscle memory to move mad to black women. Why is that? That's even scarier, really. You think, oh, thoughtless, like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. You meant everything by it, but it was just happening on autopilot. Let's talk about it. At the Critics' Choice Awards on Sunday, Campion said she was honoured to be in the same room as the sisters, but she added that the pair do not play against the guys like I have to. She later said it was a thoughtless comment equating what I do in the film world with all that Serena Williams and Venus Williams have achieved. It was more than that, though, because you were even incorrect, because even in their field, they have literally played against men in mixed doubles. They have literally played against men. So what are you talking about? Why can't you just leave people alone? To me, why I didn't like that was because it kind of reduced um, the magnanimity, magnanimity, anyway, of um, Serena and Venus, Venus's achievements because all they are is brute force and just physical will where you are this creative force that can compete against men. Serena and Venus are also incredibly creative. So you can't reduce what they've achieved to just physical um, things. They've done things that go beyond just physical achievements like grand slams and things like that. They've done things that go beyond that. Most especially the grace that they've had to have throughout this whole, the, the entirety of their careers because of a very, very wayward and white supremacist society. And if we're talking about playing against men as well, they've literally had to do that because they've been competing under the white male gaze that's the only reason that it's allowed them to refer to Serena as an ape and to to create this false rivalry between her and Maria Sharap over there like it was only possible because of the white male gaze she's had to compete um, with that for the like the entirety of her career being told that she's not desirable therefore she's not deserving of the things that she gets even though she's the best out doing what she was doing at one point certain other tennis players were getting paid more than she was in terms of endorsements, because people would rather them, the second place Donnies, the third place Donnies, than her, because they're white and therefore they're right. Please stop talking. God. Um, it says here, Campion won Best Director and Best Picture for the Western film The Power of the Dog at the ceremony in Los Angeles. The New Zealand filmmaker also won the directing prizes at the BAFTAs and the Directors Guild Awards um, th that weekend as well. She's the four, uh, front runner to win the Best Director at the Oscars in two weeks, which would make her only the third woman to win the award in 93 years. She was criticised on social media after her Critics' Choice acceptance speech and clips of Venus's, uh, Venus Williams' forced, forced smile in reaction were widely spread. But I don't even like how they put that forced smile from Venus because, yes, it was. It was, but, you know, what else was she meant to do? 
I'm just minding my business, eating my tartar, my tartar. And then, you know, you then try to just come for me for no reason. But now if I drag you off the stage, what's going to happen? It's, it's just, uh, while I, honestly, I don't know why Serena was clapping so hard. I don't know if she heard what was said. Maybe she just heard Venus and Serena, you're a marvel. And she just started clapping because I'm like, babes, did you hear the rest? Because, but then again, I don't know what coping mechanisms Serena has had to adopt in order to stay sane and do the things that she's doing. Because let me tell you, there are certain things that I'm not clapping for. I would have been there with my face like Venus's or even worse, right? It's, it's truly a mess. It's, it's just, it's, it's all a mess, honestly. Honestly, the other people that were clapping in the room, I just think that they're wild as well. You're all clapping there like sea lions. What are you clapping for? What are you clapping for? And this is how groups of people become complicit. Um, they become complicit in misogynoir because what she did was very, very wrong. And then you had one guy go woohoo and start clapping. Oh my God, because a white woman won an award that usually white men win. Yay. Okay. But why does she have to bring, now why am I in it? Now, what did I, why am I in, why did she have to bring black women into it? These are the questions. She said, I did not um, intend to devalue these two legendary black women and world-class athletes, Campion said in her apology to Venus and Serena Williams, who have won 30 Grand Slam single titles, uh, singles titles between them. The fact is the Williams sisters have actually squared off against men on the court and off and they have both raised the bar and opened doors for what is possible for women in this world. The last thing I would ever want to do is minimise remarkable women. I love Serena and Venus. Their accomplishments are titanic and inspiring. The the Titanic sank, baby. Um, Serena and Venus, I apologise and completely celebrate you. Uh, the sisters were at the Critics Choice Ceremony in support of the film King Richard, for which Will Smith won Best Actor for playing their father. But she even said something very weird towards Will Smith as well. She was just on a white woman role, honestly. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the sandy dust in New Zealand. But sometimes, like, these white women come from, you know, the 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 you know, from them sides there. And then just behave in a very, very aggressive and entitled way towards black women. And I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. I don't like that behavior because don't let me call on my ancestors to get a koala to scratch your eyes out. Um, But yeah, it's, it, it was just, it was just not giving what she was hoping it would give. And, and then people were posting a picture of her having this um, vice type of embrace on Venus um, later on after the ceremony or during you know the after party or whatever she was holding Venus so tightly around the neck and around the waist and it's just like that is not even a, a, an endearing hug you're holding her because you're wanting to show physically that she's okay with what I've said and white women do this so often they will disrespect you and then they'll come and find you they'll seek you out to come and be as close to you as possible and really stare you down and smile you down and be like, oh no, you're fine with it, right? Because you know I didn't mean anything by it. That's bullying. It's bullying and harassment. And it's a violation of boundaries. It's a violation of personal space. Yes, it is done everywhere. And we need to have serious conversations about just how violent white women can be and w- what they're doing to address it. Because now if people start throwing hands, you'll say that you got hit. 
but there there has to be a resolution that's non-violent and that everybody gets stop it just stop it and when you do something wild don't then center your emotions and instantly your eyes are filling up with tears and your thin lips are wobbling stop that wobble immediately stop that wobble immediately if i see a single tear escape those eyelids kathy kathy do you hear me if i see a single tear escape those eyelids when you are the one that's in the wrong there won't be an avocado in the world that is going to nourish you after i'm finished with you okay don't try it but um yeah it's it's it was just a wild wild behavior but it's not something that is unusual to us um just try and accept things try and award um accept awards without mentioning black women just leave black women out of it if you're going to celebrate them celebrate them and then don't do but celebrate black women and don't bring in your butt okay that's it and um other news of um other people being wayward and getting what they deserve um the duke and duchess of cambridge um as in william prince wandering william and um kate kate with the thin lips um they are doing a tour of the caribbean the duke and duchess of cambridge have been forced to cancel a visit planned for the start of their caribbean tour after local residents voiced opposition you know it's the things we love to see and this is what i was saying earlier that when you are focusing on rigorously loving yourself and you consider everything else to be an extension of that love there are certain things that you don't you won't stand for and you'll speak out for things there is no reason why wandering william and um thin lip kate need to be anywhere need to be anywhere on the caribbean islands talking about commonwealth 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 where where you've commonly taken all of our wealth and you're chilling with it give the things back it's wild and it's even more wild that journalists needed um, a history lesson on Twitter to explain to them what the colo- why the, um, the, the monarchy are linked to colonialism. Are you not ridiculous? You became a whole journalist and you do not know. In this Britain, you do not know how the... But who speaks to the education system in this country. And when I'm calling things out, people will be like, oh, I'm doing too much. I'm doing... Can you not see? If common journalists do not know how the monarchy are linked um, or is, um, the monarchy is linked to colonialism, how the hell are they going to know about everything else? How the, how the hell is the rest of the British public going to know about anything else? And this is why it is imperative that I have a large enough platform to talk the things because clearly people are not educated enough to know. And I truly believe that if they knew some people would move differently of course you've got people who are committed to moving mad but i know that a large portion of people would move differently because then they understand why people are coming at them all the time and being like well this is wrong and this is wrong without them having the background information without them having that context everything just seems like oh there those blackies go again there those negnogs go again like i said there are some people who are always going to be like that forever and ever but that's fine because their legs are all scaly because they don't wash it but everybody else i feel like they'd be on board if they just knew so the duke and duchess of cambridge uh, were all smiles as they arrived in the caribbean despite being forced to cancel a visit at the start of their trip after residents in a village in belize voiced a p- um, opposition 
William and Kate play in touchdown in Belize after opposition from villagers who cited a range of issues, including objections to the couple's helicopter landing site, forced a royal trip to a farm on Sunday to be scrapped. Uh, William and Kate were due to tour a cacao farm during the first full day of their tour on Sunday, but the royal engagement was removed from the schedule by their office on Friday. According to the reports, a protest was staged on Friday opposing the royal visit to Acta Ilha Cacao Farm in Indian Creek Village in the foothills of the Maya Mountains. The issue threatens to overshadow the start of the couple's eight-day tour to Belize, Jamaica and the Bahamas in honour of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee and raises questions about the planning of the trip. However, the couple looked relaxed after their 11-hour long haul trip from the UK and were welcomed by Belize's Governor General Froya Salam um, as they stepped from the Voyager ministerial jet ahead of an official meeting with Prime Minister um, Johnny Briseno. A number of issues have been reported by local Belize media outlet Channel 7, including a claim dispute between residents of Indian Creek Village in Belize's Toledo district and Flora and Fauna International, the, conversation, uh, the conservation charity William supports as patron. The landing site of the Cambridge's helicopter reportedly caused further problems which claims, um, which claim, with claims residents were not consulted about the location, which is, not, um, which is on the local football pitch. Um... People don't want you there. People don't want you there. And and this is what I'm saying. Like, the monarchy's crumbling. It is crumbling. It is out of here. When Lizzie decides that it can be official, that we know that she's out of here, we'll see that you're not well-liked. Nobody wants Charles. Nobody likes Charles. William, you've lost favour with so many people. Don't give a damn about Kate. I just want her pom-pom to be free. I just want her pom-pom to breathe for four years straight without having to, you know, push out another child. Leave leave her alone. Leave her alone. And I know she'll always stay committed. Like her chart shows it. I was looking at this astrology page the other day that was showing um, all the all of the um, British royal family um, and their charts and, and what that means. And Kate has the closest charts to uh, Lizzie in that she will ride this monarchy thing till the wheels fall off. Um, so she's, she's, she's happy where she's at. You know, there's no sympathy from, from, from me to her. She's happy where she's at. Um, I know where it's at. William's having a good time. You're not where it's at. He's got friends. He's got your friends on his mind. Anyway, big up yourself, Belize, uh, the villagers who um, are opposing this because it has to start somewhere. Like, it's actually ludicrous that you can come and invade a country, stay there, abuse the people, rape the people, steal from the people, and then and then come back constantly to be like, oh, hey, girls, how are you lot doing? Are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything going all right? Meanwhile, you're you're taking from their resources. Britain, Great Britain is the great parasite, I tell you that, just feeding off the hosts of um, marginalised and minoritised communities and then having the cheek to be like, oh, we're so great, we're so great. No, 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 the global deworming is happening. Um, 
but yeah, I'm truly glad that that is happening. And it goes to show that certain biracial authors who told us vive la revolution um, quite incorrectly in French and told us that, oh, well, the monarchy is going to be here and I've got my OBE or whatever BE that you've got. And so therefore you lot are just going to have to deal with it. Rah, rah, rah. Can you not see when you hitch your wagon to, 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 to a flailing donkey, this is where you find yourself. This is where you find yourself. It's a shame. It's embarrassing, to be honest. Are you not embarrassed that this is what you did? And the thing is, you can delete a tweet, but people have pictures, you know? They have pictures. And then when you came back and called everybody rabid dogs for for telling you that what you said was very, very wayward. And so I really, again, it feels like I'm just coming at the biracial girlies constantly. But there has to be a conversation about how when you are not allowed into the um, folds of white womanhood in the way that you would like, you come and take it out on the rest of us. And however much you cosplay as, um, oh, I'm, you know, doing this and I consider myself to be a black woman, your behavior shows us that you do not actually want to be there. And you're wishing that any time that you can leave and you are always going to remain aligned. Maybe it's your generation or maybe it's a generational thing but I don't know if necessarily it is, you're always going to remain aligned with colonial powers. And that is scary to me. Okay. No girl, no woman, no other should be doing that kind of fuckery as far as I'm concerned, but we move on. We move on swiftly. Um, yeah, I think that that's that. Is that it? Yeah, that's that for So You Mad. So we're going to jump to bigging up Skillshare and then start your motors. Thanks again, Skillshare, for sponsoring this week's episode. Skillshare is the world's largest online learning community for creativity. Members around the world love Skillshare for discovering inspiration, learning new skills, and putting their talents to work in ways that they care about. Skillshare offers membership with meaning and with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth and Skillshare can help you to make 2022 a year of new learning, growth and connection through creativity. You can find a host of um, different subjects to get yourself into things that you might enjoy, things that you might not have considered before. Um, There's one uh, course that you could take up that's uh, called Finding Fulfillment, Using Pivots to Power Your Creative Career with Emma Gannon. Um, that's cool because there is it's it's really hard when you're creating when you're in that kind of arena that realm because you're always like is this good enough is this good enough but it's being okay with that whatever you produce was what you needed to produce and that makes you feel powerful so basically whether you're a dabbler or a pro a hobbyist or a master you're creative discover what you can make with classes for every skill level experience real improvement with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life most um, are under an hour and they're broken into short lessons skillshare entire uh, skillshare's entire catalog of classes now offers subtitles in spanish french portuguese and dutch so explore your creativity at skillshare.com straws and get a one month free trial that's a one month free trial at skillshare.com slash straws s-k-i-l-l-s-h-a-r-e.com slash straws go and get involved now let's get to start your motors Woo! let me tell you something Bahrain Grand Prix was a beauty, a beauty, because you know, when you do clownery, like Monique told us, the clown comes back to bite, 
the clown surely does come back to bite. The ancestor said, you tried it. Massey, you tried it. And Red Bull, you benefited from Massey trying it. But you know what we're going to do? Let's just do a little rejig up in this bitch, okay? And the rejig was truly jugged. All right. So Bahrain Grand Prix had us at qualifying with... um, a starting grid that looked very, very interesting. What we can see is like Ferrari's car basically looks really, really strong. Ferrari's car for this season, um, even shape-wise, it just looks very, very different to everybody else's or it looks very different to everybody else's. You can see that they've really considered, they've really taken risks in terms of what they're going to do design-wise in order to um, make the most of like aerodynamics and things like that. Um, it's really interesting to see how they've interpreted uh, the new regulations because it's clearly working in their favor as well as their engines as well, like truly working in their favor. Everything was just on lock and, you know, it gives a chance for Leclerc and um, Sainz, Carlos Sainz to shine. So I'm with it. I'm with it. Look, me, I'm easy. I'm easy. I would prefer for Mercedes to win their ninth Constructors' Championship, but if they don't, and they come second, and for instance, Ferrari win, I'm not too mad at that, I mean, I'm still vexed that um, Leclerc was talking about, oh, well, you know, during the Black Lives Matter things, that I don't believe in gestures, but I very much saw you wearing um, support for Ukraine t-shirts and holding up flags um, a couple of weeks ago, so it's just funny who people are happy to show support for, but with that to the side, anybody but Red Bull, baby, I'm down, Okay, and Haas has even been showing us some things as well. Like Magnussen came back and he said, bitch, this is what it looks like when you have a real driver up in this bitch, okay? Because I was making fun of Haas up and down, up and down. I said that they might as well drive. It might as well be a Heinz baked bean can that they're driving. But what I've come to see, I mean, obviously they've had like reliability issues in um, previous seasons before Schumacher and Mazepin came on board. Fair enough. But the fact of the matter is, Magnuson Magnuson handled that car in a way during the um, actual race. He handled that car in a way that Schumacher could not. And that just comes down to experience, to be honest. It comes down to experience. It is what it is. So anyway, um, after qualifying, the starting grid was um, set up as Leclerc in first, Verstappen in second, Sainz in third, Perez in fourth, Hamilton in fifth, Bottas in sixth, Magnuson in seventh, Alonso in eighth, Russell in ninth, Gasly in 10th. Um, and we had Ocon in 11th, Schumacher in 12th, Lando Norris in 13th, um, um, Alex Albon, he was in 14th. Um, Joe, um, Joe Jean Yu, what? Yeah, is it Joe Jean Yu? Yeah, that's the new driver for Alfa Romeo. He was in 15th. Um, and 16th, Sonoda. 17th, Nico Hulkenberg. 18th, Daniel Ricciardo. 19th Lance Stroll and 20th Nicholas Latifi so it was already just an interesting setup and I like that Hamilton managed our expectations he was like look this car is not competing for wins right now okay we've got so many issues that we're trying to figure out um we're not major issues it seems like they've just got to do a couple shift shifts and we should be all right I'm hoping that we can be all right by Miami I would like for us to be okay by Miami, um, by the Miami Grand Prix. That gives a little bit of time, whereas, but we still have a long way to go. Do you get me? Like, so there is enough time for all of this to shift. This has literally just been one race, but what a beautiful race it has been. Um, 
yeah, the starting grid was, um, you know, he managed our expectations. He said, this car cannot currently, this Mercedes car isn't competing to win. We saw that Bottas has done well, you know, in his Alfa Romeo. He was in sixth, um, um, you know, he was sixth on the grid to start while Russell was ninth. And I felt like, you know what, that needed to maybe happen because that slap on the helmet that Russell gave Bottas was very cheeky, very disrespectful. So that was some kind of recalibration. However, when the race ended, ha, um, Russell was fourth. He drove really well. And Bottas, I think, did Bottas still finish in sixth? I'll check shortly. Um, Leclerc drove a good race. Um, Charles Leclerc, he drove a good race. I'll give it to him because he handled that Ferrari horse well. And so did Sainz. Um, Verstappen and Perez, whoo, well, did not finish. DNF did not finish. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Do not do fuckery. That's, that's another one. We ov- we obviously need another D there. But, you know, what goes around comes around. It's really that, it's really, really, in terms of karmic law, that's what you lot deserved. So sorry. Abu Dhabi was a fucking mess. And so the first race of the season, after you've changed your number to number one, after you've signed a five-year contract with Red Bull, not thinking about the fact that we don't know about how well, they're saying that it wasn't a Honda engine. They're saying it wasn't a battery. They're saying that it wasn't this, it wasn't that. We need to know what it was that messed up both you and Perez's car. Because three laps to the end. <laughs> the ancestors said, let me tell you how we're going to run this banter, okay? And they ran that banter into the ground. They ran that banter with you into the pit lane. They said, bye-bye, night-night. <laughs> Your Red Bull car went night-night it's the only way honestly it was um it was a very very interesting race i can see how the new regulate the new regulations based on this first race they said that the new regulations came into place because they wanted us to have closer racing to see a more exciting race and i have to give it to them Leclerc didn't crash into the Verstappen everyone well i want to say everyone managed but there was um something that happened i swear with um Ocon or was it Albon one of them had an issue at some point um Gasly's car Pierre Gasly's car went up in flames um yeah and it's interesting that um well Christian Horner aka Winch Spice aka Spiceless Wonder you could see that he was thrown <laughs> he thought it was maybe going to be a two um uh, a Red Bull 2-4 and it turned into a Red Bull did not finish ha 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 but um he was talking about the fact that what happened to Pierre Gasly's Alpha Tauri hasn't got anything to do with what happened to um, Red Bull's uh, car with, um, what is it, Perez and uh, Verstappen. But they've both got Honda, they, all three of them, sorry, have got Honda engines, right? So while you might not be wanting to put that heat on Honda, <laughs> let's all start telling the truth. But maybe it's not. Maybe it was just a unfortunate, co- well, fortunate coincidence, I would say. Um Hamilton drove well, drove well. He said that he didn't have grip at some point um, when he first came out on the hard uh, tyres, the hard compound tyres. And the tyres are different this year as well. So they're all adjusting to that. A lot of the cars are bumping, bumping, bumping. Um, Yeah, them cars were jumping, jumping. Drivers, leave your cars at home. You ain't got no darn force. No, let me stop. Let me stop. I'm just obsessed. I'm so obsessed with breaking into song. But um, 
yeah, the cars were really bumping, bumping, but they did well overall. Um, it looks like Hamilton was gonna, he, you know, he did some bits. He ended up in fourth at some point and then he moved back to fifth. And then we thought, you know what? This might just be it. And then the safety car happened. The safety car had to come out when Gasly, uh, when Gasly's car went up in flames, which meant that everybody had to huddle behind the safety car. I just didn't like the way that Martin Brundle and Ted Kravitz were, you know, who were the Sky Sports pundits. They were like, making all this banter relating to Abu Dhabi like oh and to be clear the unlapped cars will be allowed to unlap themselves we're all still traumatized for that it's not funny it's not funny I'm so sorry it's not funny and it's way too soon because I'm still ready to fight behind what happened at Abu Dhabi it's not the time for jokes it really isn't but now because everybody had to get behind safety car um it meant that Leclerc was a bit worried that he was going to lose that lead that he had built between himself and Verstappen because Verstappen was um, behind him and then behind Verstappen was Carlos Sainz, behind Carlos Sainz was um, I think Hamilton and Perez were going at it for a bit Um, until they well no to be fair Verstappen was complaining throughout the race oh this isn't working oh I can't steer my wheel oh I can't do this and I was like well that's what you get that's what you get when that's what you get from being bad vibes that's what happens so he was having all these issues and it just didn't sound good and he locked up at some point um when he was going at it with um Leclerc and I just thought oh this isn't looking good that was around lap 19 I said oh baby you guys are wearing each other out. I feel like if Hamilton, um, if Mercedes had a stronger car, you know, like everything was sorted because clearly there's something that they saw in the wind tunnels when they were doing, the, um, you know, testing the car in the wind tunnels that let them feel that this car is promising, but clearly it's just not translating now when they've actually got the car on the track. So just certain things I feel need to be tweaked, but my God, if they tweak them things, do whatever upgrades they need to do, if that's going to be the case, while um Leclerc and Verstappen are wearing each other down where entire degradation was a madness at this race absolute madness while they're doing all of that wearing each other out the only outcome will be that Hamilton will just slip past them and leave them to do what they're doing because yes the new regulations mean we get closer racing so that means that you are able to follow the car in the front which means that when you get to DRS ooh, honey ooh drag reduction system kicks the fuck in and we were really seeing if if it wasn't for the drag reduction system if it wasn't for the drs zone kicking in because you know after safety car basically you can't um the drs zone is not active um the drs zone is where you can where you're within um under a second of um the car in front and when that drs kicks in you get you know all charged up and then you can ideally overtake them but it can only happen in specific spots on the track right so with that in mind when the safety car came out it meant that i think when the safety car came out did it leave us with like five laps so yeah so five laps i think it was so you can't do drs for two laps after safety car so that means that Hamilton bodied Perez and managed to make podium based on that Verstappen's car was done for so Verstappen was out they called his car in he didn't finish so that meant that we had um uh, Leclerc signs Perez Hamilton but then (laughs) 
Perez's car packed up too. Boom, he's out of the way. And um, Hamilton carries on to finish on podium after starting from fifth. And I just think that the, pon- uh, the, pundits are, uh, the pundits are very, very wayward. The commentators are very wayward because you could tell that at the start of the race, knowing that Hamilton was starting in fifth, they were like, well, you know, there isn't much that anyone really would be able to do from this, from outside of the top four and da, 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 da. And he showed you. He showed you and he still got his podium finish. And big up Joe Jean Yu because he, um, you know, starting for Alfa Romeo, his first race and he still made it into points. That's really, really good. That's really, really promising. I think everyone did well. I mean, McLaren was struggling. McLaren were on the ropes. Like Lando Norris, I'm sure he's crying right now. Um, Ricardo had some issues there as well. Um, and Bottas, although Bottas started in six, dropped down to 14th, went back to 12. Um, I think he still managed to then at the end of the day, still finish at the end of the race. He still managed to finish. Um, he still managed to finish six. I think he did. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Bottas finished sixth. So that's good. That's good. Um, George Russell finished fourth, which is nice. His first race, well, his first race as an official Mercedes driver, because he was like driving the last time when he slapped up, um, Bottas's helmet. He was almost driving like a reserve driver, wasn't he? Um, so official Mercedes driver, his first proper season um, with Mercedes and he finished fourth. We're super proud of that. We we're, we're looking good. Magnussen for Haas, fifth, Fifth, this is what happens when you're just taking some some rich man's money and putting his son in the car. This is why, Gunther, you've been tearing your hair out, tearing your hair out, instead of having sense and letting a seasoned driver drive the car for you. Can you see? So clearly, Haas might be doing bits. Well, Magnussen specifically might be doing bits this season. Um, and he's got a point to prove because you're not going to tell me, get out of the seat and so you can put a young ting in and then the young ting, um, his dad is an, a Russian oligarch and everything starts flopping and you've got to bring me back in. You are going to go into a new regulation season with two, virtually two newbies. Keep Mick Schumacher, but Mazepin, oh, sorry, sorry, it had to be you, Um. Um, Ocon for Alpine finished seventh. Tsunoda for Alpha Tauri finished eighth. I'm so proud of my baby Tsunoda. Oh my god, my little bab. I don't, I don't think you understand that I have such an affinity with Yuki Tsunoda because he loves food as much as I do. I've told you on this podcast, like I remember watching an interview with him and they're like, what do you enjoy most about um, Formula One? He was like, I really like the food. Like you could go here and you can eat this and you can go here and you can eat that. I said, that is my G. That is my G because he knows like you can only judge a place truly by the food that it gives you. The quality of the food that you have somewhere is how you can say whether the, pay, the place slaps or not. And Tsunoda, we know that he loves a crash we know that he loves a little spin but my my homie held it down for the whole race at some point i was like oh he's about to go but he didn't and so sonoda finishing in eighth getting those points i loved i just love to see it alonso in ninth for alpine so alpine d- did well and um joe jean Yu, he finished 10th like i said got points as well so alfa romeo have done well for themselves to secure points um from sixth and tenth place alpine from um seventh and ninth place and um sunoda just there lonely for alfa tauri and Haas as well lonely for um with magnuson um securing points um beautiful 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 we're doing all right we're doing all right. It's a beautiful start to the season. It had all the excitement that if you want to talk about racing, racing, it had all the excitement that we needed. Um, I would say in terms of strategy, 
very good very good at some points you know I know that Hamilton complained that they called him in, in too early to change his tires at some point but everything worked out and what I can see is that strategy is going to be so important this season because they're going to be a lot of crashes everyone managed to manage to kind of behave themselves somewhat this time round but let me tell you something as the season progresses and people are wanting more points and then rivalries are starting to show themselves between teammates especially um at ferrari because science isn't going to want to be second you know at the moment it's not it's not um oh well leclerc is the lead driver science is this like they're both to me equal in the eyes of ferrari um so that means that there's going to be that rivalry there my car is my car set up differently to your car there's just going to be lots of stuff that's happening um i just hope that russell behaves himself like look we're just here so hamilton can um, hamilton can get his official eighth drivers world championship and you can do whatever the one whatever the fuck you want to do after that so stay on course but he drove really really well in fourth place to hold back everyone behind him like Magnussen, Bottas, Ocon, everyone he held them back and he drove really really well in that car so overall I am so pleased I am so pleased and I'm so glad that Red Bull did not finish quote me bitches quote me because why Abu Dhabi was uh, was a motherfucking mess and this needed to happen this needed to happen because bad mind people should not succeed and you know what like i've always said i don't have a particular issue with verstappen i definitely don't have any sort of issue really with perez my issue is with that spiceless wonder winch spice that is that is who my issue is with that guy cosplaying as a human that but he's a demon that is who my issue is with and he's the one that deserved this today and you know sorry that the, the drivers had to get that too but also that's what i said about numerology don't go around changing your numbers don't go around doing things like that but again it's one race look he might do very very well once they figure out what's wrong with his car for the rest of the season but i know that put the fear of god in him he was stressed through that 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 whole race you could hear him the whole time on radio like so what am i meant to do guys guys what am i meant to do where's the power i have no power i could have done this faster on the outlap faster on the outlap or not that wouldn't have meant that your battery or whatever the hell was wrong with your car would have gone out even sooner baby okay anyway i am looking forward to saudi arabia that's the next race for next weekend in jeddah the uh, the jeddah cornish um so yeah looking forward to that um and let's see what improvements um mercedes can make in that time although i don't know if there can be many i also don't know if um red bull will manage to sort out whatever was wrong with um the engine or whatever the whatever went up that in that whole thing i don't know if they'll get it sorted in a week it's such a quick turnaround to go from bahrain to saudi so i don't know if they'll get it sorted so um you know ferrari might remain dominant for a while but i just love that hamilton's keeping a cool head he says that he's going to be a more aggressive driver this season we love to see it you've got to bring the petty through bring the petty through nice love and light lewis needs to just relax for a bit bring that scorpio rising energy through and bad up these bitches that's what we need and you know like he said it's a long it's a long season we've got lots of time because he only started badding up red bull really um after a little while i hope that he wins the british grand prix i hope that ferrari don't try it in there nor red bull i really hope that he wins the british grand prix but i had a feeling that he was going to make podium you know so leclerc first sign second and mercedes through hamilton third baby he made podium from fifth so ted gravitz eat that 
All right. Um, so yeah, that's that for Start Your Motors. And I look forward to filling you in on all of the rest of the things next week. Um, so now we'll get to Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mum. So this week on Straw of the Week, we clearly the only the main thing that we're talking about is what happened to Child Q. Now I um, interviewed or chatted with um, Ebenita um, Iyere, who has Milk Honey Bees, um, an organization that she set up to really help young black girls who are um, kind of in one way or another kind of um, present within um, the criminal justice system um, and making sure that they are looked after um, and have space to speak and empower themselves and just basically helping young black girls, which I think is really necessary. But if you don't know what happened to Child Q, um, in 2020, she was sitting an exam during the panoramic, during the panda bear, sitting her exams um, and her teachers accused her of smelling like cannabis. This was one of, this wasn't the first time that they'd accused her of such. They searched her, they didn't find anything on her. Um, they usually for some reason have... Um, some kind of police at the school but that person wasn't there or available that day so they called 101 or whatever and called for police um other police to come through and so um two female police officers ended up taking her into a room while the teacher waited outside so there was no safeguarding happening in this situation like making sure that she had an adult with her like um you know um her own responsible adult with her they did not call her mum to tell her that they were even going to be doing this to her but they she told them that she was on her period she told the female police officers that she was on her period they didn't care they told her to remove the sanitary pad bend over um and cough so they could see if she was holding the cannabis anywhere they strip searched her and um you know this became a when she went home and told her mum like they and and then they sent her back to her exams after they'd done that to her they then sent her back to her exams which just shows you the ways in which this country this world does not want black girls to thrive because they're not considered to be girls they're not considered to be deserving of protection of none of that black children aren't considered to be worthy of innocence of childhood of none of that because how can you do such and fam she's a minor so even if you did find anything you're not going to arrest her really so what are you going to do 15 year old girl are you not all right are you not all right and then to add insult on top of injury Wayne Cousins the one who killed Sarah Everard um he's now um been convicted of even more charges of indecent um exposure in you know earlier on in the year from when he killed her, from when he killed Sarah. So he's been at this for a while. And then other police officers were in the gallery there to support him. Is this not a fucked system? Why do you want the police so badly? This is what you want. And whenever I made a video that obviously has been shared lots of times and people, and some people have been like, oh, but I don't feel comfortable with abolishing police because what else would we have? We'd have anarchy. What do you have now? What do you have now? Do you think this is any better? And I don't know why you think that abolishing, like, what are they doing for you? Like, the crime has already happened before they even arrive anyway. But even if we're saying that they served a purpose, the harm that is done to marginalised communities, to minoritised communities, is far greater than the good or the perceived good that you think that you're getting from them. So why can't we have a system? Why can't we have um, um, an accountability um, structure in place that is fair to all why don't you want that because currently what you have is not fair it's very brutal it's not fair and it will never ever 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 be fair because that's not what it was built for (sighs) 
I'm just so sorry, child Q, that they treated you in that way. And I want them all to suck their mothers and choke and then pass out. That's what I want. I want them to sleep permanently. Those rotten, rotten, rotten bitches that felt that it was okay to do this to you. I know I heard that the teacher has been fired who called the police but the police officers, the female police officers who did that, they also should be fired. Like you all complicit in sexually assaulting a child and you should pretty much all end up on a sex offenders register. To be honest, that's where you all belong for doing something like that because there was no rhyme or reason. And for the fact that the report that was, um, you know, um, written about it to say that it is likely that this was racially motivated tells us everything that we need to know because rarely would people admit to racism. So you just know that motherfucking racism was terrible for them to have to put it in the report that actually racism was a factor here misogynoir specifically was the factor here humiliating a black girl like that on her period for what for common cannabis when you lot from when you go home when it hits 3 30 or whenever you finish your shift even during your shift your noses are clogged up with cocaine every time you lot go to festivals you are popping them them pills you are living but you see a black girl and this is when you pathologize blackness and make blackness out to be a wrongness or a sickness and then you claim that or you must criminalize certain drugs so as to link it to black people this was always going to be the outcome so when you hear officers or um, people running for mayor or whatever running for prime minister president talking about oh i'm going to tackle i'm going to come down hard on the war on drugs they're talking about the war on minoritized communities. That's what it really is. But they don't like you to think about it in the terms of it being real people. So they talk about it in an abstract way and make you think that, no, we're targeting the drugs. We're not targeting the people. When always, always, always the oppression of the people has always been your focus. But um, lots of you sent letters in about this. So I'm just going to try and grab, um, I think, a couple. Somebody says, hey, Kalechi, I hope you and yours are well. Before I get into things, I just want to say big you up for all you do and are going to do in the future. Congratulations with the Children's Home and Resource Centre. You are truly doing the things. Some of your age mates are only talking the talk, but you're out here walking the walk. Thank you for being such an inspiration to many Gen Z black women and girls like myself who adore your confidence and the impact you bring to those you bless with your many gifts. I would like to nominate the Metropolitan Police for their constant fuckery and also these dusty, crusty and ashy niggas on Twitter who have nothing better to do than chat shit about black women, girls and femmes. They're all mad. As you probably already heard, a 15-year-old black girl was subject to an utterly disgraceful police body search in December 2020 after the school had called them in as they suspected um, as they su- suspected she was carrying cannabis, but none was found on her. She was stripped naked whilst on her period. No teachers were there whilst it happened, and her own mother was not even contacted before and during the search happened. The thought of what this child must have endured is sickening, and I just pray that she's okay and will be able to heal from something so traumatic fuck the met an investigation carried out claims that racism was likely to have been an influencing factor when we know it was most definitely the only factor involved this 100 percent would not have happened to a 15 year old white girl a black woman met police officer even had the audacity to say on the news that the met is not institutionally racist when time and time again they show us that they absolutely are Everyone involved can go suck their mother's ass cracks. Now, I'm currently off social media, but a friend of mine had sent me some tweets about the case. A black woman had pointed out that this is in fact a gendered issue. She tweeted, 
So they're go- doing a march for Child Q, but they're marching for black boys and black girls. This is what irritated me. I'm not denying that black boys go through. I'm not denying what black boys go through in schools, but Child Q is a black girl. And what happened to her is a gendered issue rooted in misogynoir. The tweet was met with backlash from some black men, better known as Twitter um, on Twitter as Nigcells, who um, clearly do not understand the nuance of gender. Some of the replies were, Anyone who wants to talk about this instead of the racist cops responsible for the situation is an op. You don't really care about that little black girl. You just want to start some gender war bullshit. Fuck you. But it's not about black men. It's about black boys. This men are trash rhetoric has polluted your brain so much that you look at a young black boy and see a man instead of a child. Do you know how fucked that is? An example of how hatred for black men can exist without a disdain for black boys. Can't exist without a disdain for black boys. They're all clearly dunces and have chosen to misunderstand what the woman was trying to say. In my opinion, she was very clear. But as soon as anything centers a black woman or someone that isn't a cishet black man, it becomes overshadowed by this notion of blackness, which literally just centers cishet black men and masculinity. We saw this happen during Black Square Summer. No one is disputing the challenged black men and the challenges black men and boys face. But this particular incident is gendered, whether you like it or not. We cannot coat everything with the same paintbrush. We have to understand intersectionality and the differences we face in our community. The struggles that black boys and black girls are not, the struggles that black boys and black girls face are not the same. And we must understand this if we want real change to happen. And I mean real change. All of those men that responded with such stupidity can also go and suck their mother's batty crease. How dare they? I hope this wasn't too long. Thank you again for everything. Blessings and well wishes. Thank you so much for that. Um, Thank you for that letter because it's important. While we are talking about the fact that black children go through specific things and black and boys and black men go through specific things, this happened to her because she's a black girl. And there is a way, a specific way that black girls are not allowed into girlhood. They're just not. But because of the way that black boys, men are, um, I guess, hypersexualized, unfortunately, they are um, allowed into um, areas of masculinity in a way in ways that black girls are not allowed into girlhood. I'm not saying that any of that is right or wrong. I'm just saying that these are dynamics that are present, right? And so that's why they were able to do that to her. I've talked about my experiences with the police before where they you can clearly see that they don't even see me as a woman. They just don't. So they're not going to treat me as such. It is just what it is. Like, and that was two white female police officers that I dealt with that time as well. And it's interesting that they went and wheeled out a black Met police officers, um, Met police officer to come and say that the Met police is not institutionally race, racist. Give her three years. Give her three years and see if she's not at a tribunal where she's getting fucked over for being a coon. Fool. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot going on, but we can't pretend that we don't know that... Um, yeah, we can't pretend that we don't know that, oh, you know, these things um, happen and they happen specifically um, to black women because George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, I'm just using America as an example here. Everyone went right, like we went marching, we went marching. George Floyd, there was some form of accountability that we could arrive to um, in the fact that Derek Chauvin, whatever his name is, that, that prick who murdered him was sent to jail and the police officers who were also um, there as well while it was happening, they're getting dealt with. But Breonna Taylor, people are still considering book deals for the people who killed her. Um, the like we ju- we just see different ways where like 
black girls and and black women generally and their lives just aren't taken seriously but i'm going to jump to the interview with ebonita as well um you know as well right now so you can listen to our conversation about that enjoy so this week on straw of the week aka suck your mum i have a very very special guest with me ebonita iere um who's a youth practitioner and ebonita's been out here like she's been out here talking up the things from early i think we initially started talking when the police tried a madness with one of my brothers um and was trying to like hood him and stuff over again so they they said that they thought what did they say that they thought that they smelled cannabis but they were in a van across the road so I don't know what kind of cannabis is that strong that they could smell it from a van across the road you know and then it's this idea of cannabis again being um seen as a good enough reason to to harass and assault young black people and it's wild and in this case the way that they dehumanize child q which is what we're here to talk about but um ebonita you know how is this experience for you can you fill us in first on like milk and honeybees how that came about and then taking us into child q and why this is also important to you okay thank you so much for having me kelechi so i am the founder of milk honeybees and milk honeybees started in 2017 as a result of a young man that I worked with and supported in the community in 2016, he passed away. And what I was left with was a twofold experience, which was personally and professionally, I was confused. I was confused because the professionals around didn't listen to this young man, but personally, all I could see was girls that looked like me at 15 who were mobilizing and supporting boys who had lost their friend instead of healing and sharing their own experiences. And it took one girl to literally hit me, like personally hit me and said, you know, you need to do something. And at first I was reluctant because I did not want to work with girls. And I always say, I'm very confident and comfortable saying this because I've done the work on myself and still doing the work on myself to be able to give these beautiful black girls the best of their ability. So we set it up with and for the girls using poetry, using creative expression and not really listening or following Eurocentric ways of healing, but allowing the girls to kind of be still, use their creativity and amplify. Milk Honey Bees did not start for black girls. The system is what built Milk Honey Bees to become for black girls by always giving me referrals of black girls. And I didn't know what it was, but we were occupying space and so were they. So I gave them the autonomy to help me create milk honey bees. And so when we talk about child Q, the lack of autonomy that this baby girl has, the lack of care for her body, for her as just her intersections, a black girl is what really threw me off. I think that I want to continue to center child Q in this. But what we also need to remember is that the erasure, before we speak about adultification, just the erasure of black girls across our systems, as well as in our communities, is, is, is deep, is deep. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially why milk honey bees exist. But like I said, it was a twofold journey because you can't just, I'm a black woman. It took me a long time to feel comfortable as a black woman who grew up between Brixton and Peckham at the time where violence was prolifically high, mm-hmm. at the time where my friends who were also black girls, 
we're wearing a lot more masculine clothing to fit in with our masculine brothers. And we adopted this ideology of becoming our brother's keepers. And so what happened to us is that we lost our quote unquote black girlhood and we transitioned to womanhood very fast. And so my work on myself, I had to go back to express that and really move through that or the counter transference between me and these girls right now would be so high and I'd be somebody who would when you see you know like when the auntie sees you at the bus stop look at those girls I I didn't want those experiences I needed to create a space within myself and for them that was free from judgment and that is what child Q did not have in that experience and as well as like I don't want to project on her but I'm still thinking about what has been child Q's girlhood experience within the education system? Is this an isolated incident? Is this an incident where she was, quote unquote, the problem child in school? Is she the, the, the girl who they are saying, you know, you know, if you just behaved, you could go so far. You know, your attitude would, is not going to help you in life. It's not going to get you far. So I don't know what child Q carries in terms of the system, but what mm-hmm. I know they've affected is her experience of girlhood and further transitioned the experience of adultification, which I'm sure we'll get into because that within itself is is huge. But what we need to explore first is the lack of and the erasure of the existence of black girlhood in this place called the United Kingdom. Like, yeah, and, and and it feels like that, but I, I feel like it's something that's across the world as well, because if we're looking at America, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wherever Black girls, Black women are present, there is this snatching away of our time to be quote-unquote innocent and mm-hmm. to play. We are not afforded enough space to play and to learn. So when you see things like girls doing a jump rope, doing each other's hair, doing all of these things instantly it becomes labeled as quote-unquote ghetto or disruptive but these are ways that black girls commune with each other Mm -hmm. and and has been that way for centuries really it's just you know shape-shifted but we've always done each other's hair we've always done this we've always done that there's always been playfulness that due to the interference of white supremacist heteropatriarchy that got snatched away and instantly were being treated as incubators for providing a workforce for the slave trade or, you know, for keeping colonialism going or providing um, a workforce for wars or providing a workforce for the industrial, for the a, a prison industrial complex, you know, that's fueled by the education system. So everywhere you're seeing that Black women, Black girls are being denied a space to just be because there is a function, a detrimental function that we're meant to fulfill within our bodies for the state that continues to oppress us. So then you look at somebody or you look at a child like child Q, from what I read, she does really, really well in her exams. She's, mm. She does probably the best in her exams. So how is it that I'm doing well in my exams, but all you want to focus on is whether I smell of cannabis or not? And well, and this isn't the first time that they've accused her. They accused her before and they said, if it happens again. But fam, what do you mean if it happens again? Because it didn't happen the first time. Exactly. And this is this is what we see in the community. Like, you know, if we want to think of black girlhood as a spectrum, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is no different. I always say this, like people say, what kind of girls come to Milk Honey Bees? And I say black girls. 
And they mm -hmm. say, yeah, I know, but what kind? And I'm like, what are you looking for? Are you looking yes. to describe the bad ghetto girl? Trauma, yeah. So you want yeah. me to sell trauma. But, you know, what people don't understand is I have very high achieving girls that I support who mm. need the social support. Mm -hmm. But I also have girls who are like, F the education system. Mm -hmm. I want to be liberated. I want to be free. I'm not going to adhere to their standards. Both or every single type of black girl can exist in one space because we are not a monolithic group. And I think and every type of black girlhood is valid. That is the is thing. The, the invalidation, valid. the invalidation when you're not performing to stereotypes. Yeah. Thank you. And I think that what the education system in in child Q's case has done and many cases has done is further like oppressed through stereotyping, further oppressed, oppressed through macroaggressions mm -hmm. and through very, very conscious bias because mm -hmm. they would suggest it's unconscious bias. Like where the report stated racism was a likely factor. No, it wasn't a likely factor. <laughs> it was, a, factor. It was yes. a huge factor, in fact, which has led to the, again, the invisibility, the erasure and the silencing of the validation of black girlhood and the need for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and we see that. We see that. And it's so rare that they would it would even be acknowledged that racism was a factor. Usually we're told it's not. Tony, Tony Sewell's sewage report and all of the people that joined him there, they were literally telling us that racism isn't an issue. And the thing is, Child Q's incident happened before this report oh, even came out. Exactly. So they would have been aware of that happening. Of course and they yet were. They, and yet they still said this, which makes it even more sinister. And then we've got Kevin Badenoch saying, saying, oh, well, you know, the support, that the backlash that people have, have that, you know, the institution has received due to what happened to Child Q is um, showing us that, you know, people do embrace um, other ethnicities. And I'm like, no. What? So what? Who? Right? Anyways, do you know what? When it comes to she, I just say that, you know, that saying all skin folk are not clean folk. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what side of Ikeja did she fall from? <laughs> I do not know. In the good words of our, our good sis, Bob Risky, her bro is in Yabba. Yabba <laughs> left at that because I do not understand. And that's my problem. Like, my problem right now is that, yes, we have to center child Q. Yes, we must demand for justice for black Q, for child Q. But what about the fact that black girls and black women across all systems, across all communities have been silenced, but we show up for everybody? And yes. you as a black woman, confidently because of your position and the association and the obsession and the fetishization that you have with white supremacist ways, open your big mouth <laughs> that this shows that they care. No, I'm not going to have that. Which is the same way that people that are shocked about what is what happened to Child Q, they too, I don't know if they fell on deaf ears, if they're mm. blind, I don't know what it is, but... It's shocking because of the harm that was caused to her body, but it's not shocking because this is the experience of black women and girls that we have been telling you, showing, mm -hmm. documenting for decades. And it's taken such a horrific tragedy for people to want to listen, but are still silent in child Q because they are saying that the UK is fair in the way they treat black and minoritized children. Suck yourself. Yes, that's that's truly it. And I think that a lot of people are ignorant to these things because they are not given the information. Look at how long it took the mainstream media to even pick up on this issue. If it wasn't for people like yourself who are tweeting about it, like really trying to draw attention to it and, uh, and, it, and it building traction, 
the mainstream would not have covered it. So therefore, where do we expect people to get the information for, you know, from? So of course they're going to be shocked because they're like, oh, I didn't know that that's happening. Meanwhile, those of us who have who have that lived experience were like, it's been happening. But also historically, it has been happening. Nothing has changed in the way that black girls and black women are um, are being treated in Western society. I would go as far as to say, and even um, previously colonized states, the way that black women have been treated and black girls have been treated, erased, silenced, while everybody depends on our labor, is centuries old. And what's happening now is that we are seeing it in microcosms like the schooling system, mm-hmm. like um, the workplace, you know, like the healthcare. We're being shown these, system. yeah, criminal justice system. We're being shown that it's very, it's very evident, but it's the same theme that follows the whole thing through. We are not afforded girlhood in the way that white girls are. We're not afforded womanhood in a way that white women are because ultimately we are even still clamoring to be considered as human, to then then to be considered to be a girl, to then be considered to be woman. We're, we're still trying to fight for space to even be there. So therefore, how can we have the same quote unquote protections, although that's arguable in a misogynistic you know, society that thrives on male violence. But if we're saying relative protection that is afforded to white girls and women, we are not afforded that. No, and, and you know, in my TEDx talk, I quote this, I say that black girls live at the intersection of two marginalized groups, yet their voice and their, their experiences are not heard nor seen. Mm-hmm. Because when a white girl, I always use the example of, if I work in a school and I'm working in a school and there's a white girl that has anxiety, they will give her herbal tea, a fidget mm-hmm. toy, something to cool her down, calm her down. She might even have her own corner in a classroom mm-hmm. where she can you know, access aromatherapy on her own. If a black girl has anxiety, if a black girl has anxiety, she's going to get punished, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting in trouble straight away. Like she's not, she's not going to be seen as having an experience that is internal and that she needs to feel through or express. Yes. She's going to be punished, which is why a child Q can quote unquote smell like cannabis and something so horrific can be done to her. But where in the report she's quoting, I am a child. Mm-hmm. I was meant to do my, the biggest exams of my life they don't see that childlike figure there. Mm-hmm, so what mm-hmm. I'm also questioning is what support is, and holistic support is around the child that is child Q right now, because the same way the system intervened when it smelled cannabis is the same way it needs to intervene when this child clearly has trauma. Yeah, because now we're hearing that, you know, she's self-harming um, or has self-harmed um, because the whole the whole experience would have just been horrendous. Like I can't even imagine where she would have been. It makes my blood boil to just think about um, what she what she went through and what and what she is going through and how long it has taken for her story to be heard. You know, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two, that's a while. Time. Yeah, that's a while. And 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 so you sit with that. It's horrible. Can we also just deep that twenty twenty we was in a pandemic and black people were being stopped and searched much more than yes. their normal status quo that they have us being stopped and searched at. You know, it's, it's very evident that there's so many different things that were that were at play and the pandemic for me, I am adding that one. We were in a pandemic in 2020, mm-hmm, 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 which means that there was restrictions in school, mm-hmm. at, which means that not only did they break safeguarding rules, they broke these massive- Social distancing, yeah, Social yeah, yeah. And for me, navigating school and being a child 
in school in 2020, when I was going into schools and seeing how young people were having to wear masks in schools, it was like the prison school to prison pipeline was being played out in school during the time of COVID. And then you further criminalize a child during the pandemic that you were so much, you know, so much going on about criminal, further criminalizing young people, yeah. especially black youth for the yeah. fact that they were outside. Nobody really understands the height of trauma and injustice that this child has faced. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so multifaceted so, and it's multi-layered. So Meanwhile, Matt Hancock was lipsing. He was yes, lipsing and grabbing back crease. Grabbing long back in offices. Yep. Yep. Um, what's his Boris was having parties, doing yep. this, doing that. Meanwhile, seeds all around. Look at right, so just spreading it anyhow. Meanwhile, now look at the stark contrast of their experiences where they're able to just live life and child cues experience. And that just shows you like just the disproportionate nature of our existence within the UK when you are black and girl, black and woman, like this is what it means because you see white men doing what they're doing with all of that power. And then you've got a, a black girl on the other side and this is what she's experiencing. Like for the fact that they told her to remove her sanitary pad and then bend over and cough, why would you do that? Because at the end of the day, you cannot arrest her anyway. She's a minor. Exactly. So what would you what would you have gained well, from doing yeah, all of that? That's the thing. I think that there's there's a lot here. I think that the again dehumanization of that is 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 disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um and heads have to roll. <laughs> heads have to yeah. roll. Yeah, like, yeah. heads have to roll for that. And I am demanding that not only do people lose their job, but they are not even able to get a, any other job. There's no at all. job at all. that will suit you. And Universal Credit will reject your application. Yeah. You do not deserve, like, that's just, it's absolutely inhumane. And what goes further is the fact that she was, okay, we know that the system was never built to protect black yes. children, let alone yes. black girls. But the reality is when mothers and fathers drop their children to school, they do not expect their children to come to further harm yes. the system. Mm -hmm. And the fact that her mother was not called yep. makes it again 10,000 times worse because you've now taken someone's child, put them through an experience, and the mother wasn't there to guide her to even yes. say, no, if that's the case, let me just take my child. Safeguarding procedures will say, if drugs are found, you the next step is for you to call the parents. Yeah, so yeah. what I want to understand from this school is, okay, your safeguarding lead was not in. Does your safeguarding chart then say, when safeguarding lead puts on out of office, call police? Or right. was your safeguarding flowchart say that you're supposed to have a one more safeguarded, designated safeguarding leads in the school? And your flowchart would say, Call parents. If parents is not available, that is why you put uh, first emergency contact. Yeah, yeah. Emergency contact. If you can't do that, the school's responsibility in that local authority is to contact social services. Yes. None of those rules were applied. Instead, the school suggested that this child is now an adult and they should call 101. Yes. 101. Yes. And that, that lousy person on the phone said you might as well call the police. And what, yeah. like, and for me, the security within the school in terms of the school establishment and what school's role, quote unquote, is supposed to be, was not mm. followed here. And yeah. so, so many things were at play. And that's why as much as we are calling for to end adultification bias, we are also calling for 
end the criminalization of black girls in schools because yeah. it exists. And for every single person who, every single white CEO, every single government official that I've sat in front of and said this to, who has told me that black girls are not criminalized in the, in the school or in the UK, as I've said in my emails, now look. Yeah, now, now look, you can see it. And it's been clear. And the only reason that they don't know is because it gets squashed. It gets pushed to something else. Like, we're still out here. If we use America as an example, justice is still not found for Breonna Taylor. Taylor. But we were and marching. Oliver marching Taylor, that, right. right. Mikhail, we're marching. Marching and what? This is it. Like, and, and let me even bring up Micaiah Bryant. Um, because she was killed on the same night that... Um, George Floyd's disgusting murderer was killed. Uh, yes. was, sorry, was sentenced. Yes, yes. yes. So for me, that, that was a black girl shot. In care, right? In care. <laughs> like she was in foster care. And, and what was happening? She was having an argument with her um, with sister. Somebody else with her peer. Yeah. yeah, and they were both young and you just came and you just shot the girl down. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what is it about black girls? What is it that, that experience of meeting a black girl that you become ultimately scared and you then now want to cause further harm by calling authority. What but the it? thing is like, you, one thing is the harm, but then the other thing is that when people hear of the harm, they are not reacting in the same mm -hmm. way that they would react were they to hear of a similar harm caused to a black boy or to black men. So mm -hmm. it's the way that the society values black girlhood and black womanhood. And as you say, that is where we keep coming back to. Child accuse um, incident and situation is something that's spurring us to talk about this and more, but it cannot solely be centered just on child cue because it's a mm -hmm. larger issue issue of the fact that people don't care enough about black girls and black women and when Malcolm X said that we're the least protected that's the truth that it's, it's remained bad. that way and we, we yeah we go out to protect everybody else and it's like again if you're talking about your safeguarding issues when you smelled cannabis why did you not think that okay maybe this is a something a, about a familial thing that we need to make sure that she's okay as opposed to we're going to call police because you're a criminal and you searched everything you searched her bags you searched everything before you called them you hadn't found anything so why were you calling the police in the first place exactly. so and you knew and also because you didn't regard her as a child that's why you could pull her out of her exams because you actually don't care about her future, her future. Because, why, 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 why would you just let her sit her exams and deal with all of this later on well the the thing about it is as we know is that you know society cares more about how black girls present present than how they feel which means that they are further erasing their girlhood and basically causing harm to their womanhood because they you don't allow them to have the future that they want black girls are not supposed to have revolutionary dreams and that's why i love nikki giovanni's poem about yes. revolutionary yeah. dreams because you are allowed to dream as a black girl you are allowed to have the future that you want and this notion that you have to be a strong black woman no mm -hmm. you can be vulnerable you can be soft you can be so fluid you can be everything and anything you want mm -hmm. to be, regardless of what society is telling you and that is why I send so much love to child Q and all black girls right now because having this situation come to light for child Q is one thing but also the girls who have been through this experience who were silenced who were told mm -hmm. that you know, your voice is not important. This wasn't the experience and all those things. I'm holding them in mind because Child Q is going to cause a revolution. And that is, for me, what is going to center the erasure of Black girlhood. 
yeah, I just wish that people wouldn't be sharing the school and and the. Oh. I heard that the teacher has been fired. I heard that one teacher, the teacher that called the police, has been sacked. And I'm like, that's not enough. I I want you to lose everything, everything. raggedy cow. Like you lose everything because when you did that, whatever entered your spirit that you felt that that was the thing to do in that moment in time, you do not deserve to be around any other young people. You don't. You are a danger. You're you are a hazard. Exactly. Yes, you're a hazard. Move. You don't need to be around any other young people because you're violent. And then you calling the police, and then you stood outside the room and left her there. She was like, the to toilet. No, no, it's it's wild. It's wild. And that's another thing that I want to say that teachers, like, I understand the state and the oppression that happened in school and the system did not teach you X, Y, and Z, but come on, man, you're a human first. Yes. Yes. You're a human first. And I think that the thing about two roles in this country that I don't like, the police officer role and everything associated with justice and teaching is the way they advertise the role. They Mm -hmm. don't give honesty in the advertising. If you see how they advertise teaching jobs, you would think Mm. that it's glitz and glam. What teaching training does not do is teach you how to be human first yeah 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 you removes that human nature but come on like when you leave at five or three thirty, when you leave like and you go to the pub I'm sure you're human there right so why can you not understand and interlink humanity into these same children that when you finish work you seem to pick up your bag and adopt like that's a, that's one thing for me that I am struggling with like yes the teacher has been sacked but again within policy within training within everything there is nothing there that teaches people how to work with black children but that's it because but when you talk about humanity jay bentall was talking about it a while back before she left twitter and all of that the fact that when we talk about humanity we are still talking in the language of white supremacy because actually we are all equal in that sense however white supremacy uh, white supremacist patriarchy came in and went these people are afforded humanity because we see them as human you are not human Mm -hmm. so therefore you cannot have humanity and we see it played out when we're talking about the quote-unquote migrant crisis you man could ride so hard for ukrainians because you saw yourself in them because you're like no that is human but anybody else who has been um, othered and minoritized whether it's through religion and or race or ethnicity you don't see them as human so therefore whatever has happened if they're drowning in 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 the english channel that you don't care because that's that's not your business and so when we're looking at child q that's literally what we've been told think about films that are really popular like dangerous minds the white teacher Mm. goes into the inner city schools and they're so horrible to her and she's got to teach them how to yeah white savior complex on steroids yes and you know she saves them she's she's the one that teaches them how to express and how to rap yeah (laughs) you know she's she's down with the kids you know And, and a bit of sexual tension with one of them as well, which was highly, highly inappropriate. The fetishization of black boys' bodies. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah, that's yeah. another whole episode. But that prop that is the problem that I have with my kind of context of working, which is the, in the youth sector. All the charities that fetishize over this thing that they coined called youth violence mm-hmm. that will chuck money at black boys dying create services where youth workers go into hospitals and they're told that this will be a teachable moment or a reachable moment when black boys are dying the youth organizations are active on twitter they are active but when a black girl was harmed by the education system they're not there but trust me, when money from 
um, our mayor gets dropped to work with black girls or work with black girls in school, all these stinking big youth organizations will be there. All the, all the youth organizations that dismiss the likes of Milk Honey Bees, Juvenis, the Forefront Project, 507, all of them that look at Black-led organizations as organizations that need to beg them to work mm -hmm. with big pots. If I see you near any of these pots of money, I'm coming for you. And I said it on Twitter and I stand by it. My old manager, I hope she slept well when she saw that article because this mm -hmm. woman used to literally tell me that I cannot work for her and run Milk Honey Bees outside of her organization. However, now she's drawing down money for the violence uh, for violence against young people. That's a whole nother episode. But wow. this is where the further the, or where criminalization of our black children further happens within the youth sector, within yeah. pots of funding, within policy that no one sees. But I'm very much close to it. So I'm very much ready to challenge them on this from that aspect. Because the reality is if we can't safeguard children at school, surely there's a role for the youth sector. Surely there's a role yeah. for the community. And if the people in the community only speak up when black children are dying and they don't show up for black children when they're living in liberation and joy, you do not deserve to call yourself a CEO nor somebody that runs a charity that supports young people in the community, period. No, because it's just another arm of white supremacy. You need the children, you need the young black children to always be suffering. So there is a role for you therefore you are only going to engage when the suffering is happening when the violence is happening and amplifying that because you want more of it when mm -hmm. it's like oh what about joy what about peace you don't give a damn about that because you know what you want it's the same thing we talk about with international aid you need for the global south as it were to continue struggling but you don't tell the full story how did that happen who caused it what why how are we here Everything is linked to every single thing else, and there is no how we're going to be able to ex like escape it. We can't talk about youth violence without talking about white supremacy. Everything still comes back to the same thing. We can't talk about the way we can't talk about adultification and um, the way that you know girlhood is snatched away from black girls and black women without talking about white supremacist patriarchy because that is the snatch art. That's that, that is where it's that's what's happening. That's where all of our um, you know, our joy, our peace is being sucked into that vacuum, and it's about us reclaiming it. And I think that when we go back to the child Q situation, as you said, they treated her as an adult, and that's what happens a lot of times with black children. We're not afforded, black girls are not afforded girlhood. Instead, they are treated as mini adults and given adult consequences. Exactly. Two things. A whole last white girl can stab her boyfriend at university. And the judge opened his trap hole of a mouth to Ooh. state, and I quote, I am not going to punish you because I don't want to jeopardize your future. I am, I am liveth. I, I actually just cannot. I'm being so serious. And I think the, the reason why I was so happy to talk to you is because I can be my, I'm always my true authentic self. Yeah, I can yeah. really display my emotion here with you mm -hmm. without feeling like the white patriarchy or the white supremacist thought is going to interject in that. How mm. dare you? You're, How dare you basically said to other black women in the criminal justice system, we are here now. We were not given autonomy. We were not given chance. Mm -hmm because we are not allowed to have a future. Yes. Meanwhile, yes. we look at the disproportion of black women and we interlink it with domestic violence, with, with the experience of sex workers, with the experience mm. of migration, with the experience of mm. low-income families. I'm sure the future should be afforded to those 
who do not come from the same background as Sally with not the good hair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But no, no. And, and, and again, that's the problem. And then when we do speak up for these injustices, you get people saying that, oh no, it happens to, it happens to white girls as well. It may, but not in that way. And they it may, but hard. not with that same frequency not and not with that course. same consistency. You know, it's not. I'm. St- I do not know the race. I was trying to find out. I do not know the race of the black. Um, sorry, the girl who was in prison and um, she was pregnant and they didn't answer her call. They got therapy um mm. after her child died with her in prison, but she didn't even get therapy. Yeah, yeah. Was left there to to labor and birth the child in the cell. She had to use her teeth to bite through the umbilical cord. When I tell oh. you I cried when I read that, I cried because I was like, whatever race of girl that went through that, my God, that prison needs to get dealt with because what wow and then we've got the black girl we know it's a black girl that got hit with a baton 34 times and she was in distress because she'd been separated from her um her group when they had um day release from the mental health hospital and the police officer knew this and still whacked her with a baton 34 times anyway everything is broken everything is broken but at the same time we say it's broken in a sense that this is not how life is meant to be. The system is working, but this is not how life is meant to be. Mm. And, and it's only from speaking. And it's, I'm, I was glad when, you know, you got in contact because I was like, no, we need to speak. We need to have this out there because we can't keep diluting our words. There is an urgency to things changing. And to dilute our words means that we're doing a disservice to ourselves and we're doing a disservice to the young girls who are coming after um, after us. They can't continue to feel like if something happens to me, no one's going to loud up the thing. We're going to loud up the thing and we're going to tear everything down. That's that's the only way people are going to learn. And we are going to give them autonomy and give them the language. And and this is why this whole trending thing around talking about adultification bias is interesting. Yes, I want it to be spoke about. Yes, but Janine Davis has been speaking about it mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. whole thesis and research and her work at listen up co has been dedicated to mm-hmm. the measure of adultification bias but also at milk honey bees we teach the girls what adultification bias is yes because there is no way that we are going to have black children in our systems and they don't have the language afforded to them that they can use to challenge mm-hmm. these systems so you know for me what i was able to be okay with and find some sort of okayness and stillness within this situation is that a the work is being done not for me but for the girls that are coming up and for the girls Mm -hmm. of tomorrow the ones that are right here at milk honey bees and beyond that have experienced this i just send so much love to them yes but also know that they are not alone and Mm -hmm. even the child q like i said further like she is definitely not alone but for Mm -hmm. me what is important now is how it's like a three kind of fold thing. How we respond as a community, what I am asking the community for is uh, talk to black girls before Mm -hmm. you make any movements. Talk Mm -hmm. and listen to black girls. See, the system, I'm coming for the system, yeah? Mm -hmm. I'm very much coming for them. Lobbying government petitions, yes, we need that, but we Mm -hmm. need a public inquiry into what some sort of inquiry, some sort of real divulging into understanding why we do not have black girlhood as priority why are black girls not priority across all systems across mm-hmm. all services whether it be mental health care healthcare. we know what the pregnancy rate is for black women mm-hmm. what about the teenage moms 
So, so, you know, you know, for me, I'm not trying to reduce anybody else's kind of issue. I'm trying to amplify it by reminding like, Let's get black specific. Women, let's let's get specific. Let's yes. Get specific. And uh, this is my reminder to black women. Before you was a woman, you was a black girl. So hold your inner black girl whilst holding these black girls. Yeah. Give them more spaces free from judgment. If you are a mom of a teenage daughter, give your daughter space and autonomy. Do not do not relay the transgenerational traumas that some of our mothers may have projected on us innocently mm-hmm. without understanding and doing the work. Do the work on yourself. And I stand by that. Without therapy, without all the support that I got to release in my childhood, I would not be able to talk eloquently about this issue without mm-hmm. projecting my own pain and centering myself. And what mm-hmm. I am happy about is that we can center a Black girl mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. Black girl issue whilst not causing more harm, but whilst using this as a way to cause liberation for other black children and Mm -hmm. maybe other black girls, as well as black women who have been there. And the third thing is the intersection between the criminal justice system and the schooling system. And the Mm -hmm. fact that we do have a school to prison pipeline for black girls, but it is a school to punishment pipeline. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's gonna use that, please quote my PhD research. Yes, And that's the thing, even within, I said this um, in my article, even within research, black girls are non-existent, but you type black boy and violence, black boy and um, education, you will see all the fetishization, you will see all the negative things that they've done there, but black girls are not afforded the same spaces within Mm -hmm. these spots, so I've had to go and do it. And I'm glad that I'm doing it because I'm finding that it's not that they haven't necessarily been afforded research, it's that it's limited in the UK because it Mm -hmm. dates back to the early 90s. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes from the amazing scholars that in the States, but Mm. place and the issue still interlock. I I don't like when people say, oh, it's a very different landscape in the USA. Yes, it is, it is, is. but the reality is that black girls are still harmed and that justice for blacks should be at the forefront of everybody's mouth and global yep. justice for black girls is just as important for black women to thrive because I know that, you know, like I said, they are the, the trendsetters and the everything. And yeah, they are just everything. I can't even get into it, but black girls are, are everything and deserve the future that white girls get, deserve yeah. the future that white girls get and more to be fair because they've been through it. And they attacks be able to play, so. Yep. No, I thank you for that. And I think that that's a great note to end it on. So all in all, I really want a straw for the teacher that felt that that was a good idea to do that to child Q. I wanted a straws for the police officers, the female police officer, the other police officer that rolled on through. I didn't think, right, this is a child. I don't think that this is appropriate. Straw for your mothers too, for you to stuff mm-hmm. at your mothers. And also the people that felt it was okay to now, we called her child Q for a reason. Nobody asked you to go and start relaying her identity and yeah. where the school is and all of that. Do you not understand like what, you're being told here protect the girl contributing and this is why i keep saying please think and reflect about how you further contribute to the criminalization adultification and erasure of black girls voices even when you're trying to help right because it's she's not a thing she's a person she is an she's a real life person think of how you'd want to protect that little girl she's already been through so much and for so long like don't be wild and be posting things that will further expose her identity and her family's identity like come on let us be guided 
Let us be guided with this nonsense behavior and also just a straw for the system, a straw for the Met Police as a whole that you can suck out, a straw for the MPs that you can't tell me that it's only now that you're hearing about this and now everyone's running their mouth. Like you lot been knowing that this happened and it's only now that now we found out that now you're moving to action. Don't let me catch you slipping a second time. In the process, yeah. Let's not still gaslighting in the process. No, for, and even a straw for the people that can't even spell black with a capital B. Yeah. Okay. All, all okay. Them, yeah. Then people that are just like a girl. No, a black girl. Shout out to yes. Cloud Q, the black girl, because yes. even the fact that we've her name has been reduced to a hashtag and Child Q to protect her. Yes, I understand that, but I I hope people understand that this girl is a living being with a exactly. name. A exactly. name that carries weight, yeah, beyond her hashtag, beyond her censoring of like her identity, her name alone, just being a black girl carries weight. And so a big, big fat straw for those MPs who are gaslighting the situation yeah. right now. It will never be well with you. It will never, ever, ever be well with you for what you try to do there. All of you, like you've been knowing and you, Kemi, with your straggly braids, I've told you for a minute and I've told you for a while, you're a wild girl, you're a wild person and mm. you're actually being more detrimental to our collective futures by it's continuing so to align like yourself with waywardness. It's just like, if you're going to align yourself with waywardness, do it in silence because... yeah. Doing it with your your wretched mouth doesn't help anybody. It right. doesn't. You further you further add to the erasure of black girls' voices as a black woman who stands yes. in line with white supremacists. Yeah. <clears throat> It's a lot. Mm. It's a lot. But I appreciate you so much, Avenita, for coming on Equally. today and speaking with me because and Milk Honeybees, everyone, like, be out here supporting in any way that you can. I'm going to add the link um, to the website in the show notes and definitely watch Ebenita's TEDx talk. Like, this is an, a phenomenal woman who's actually doing the work, doing the work online, offline, everywhere. She's out here. And this is where the support should be rooted. Not people who are posturing and pretending, people who are literally doing the damn thing so no thank you for joining me today and i appreciate you and um yeah always and forever honestly we love what you do as well your voice is needed they cannot silence you they will not silence you they will not silence any black woman who is doing the work for the betterment of black children and black adults to have better lives in this babylon amen So that's that for um, Say Your Mind this week, I guess. That's, oh, this has been a lot. But I hope that you found the conversation useful um, and um, thoughtful. Um, And also, as always, I'm always looking forward to your tweets about it and the thoughts that come up for you. It's been such an eventful week. So much has happened, but sending all of the love to Child Q, sending all of the love to all of you lot. And next week is the live show, baby. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be litty. Um, but yeah, thank you so, so much for all of the love, for all of the support. You can follow me on at Collection of Cough or at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, always come and join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Carfor. And there will be um, merch available i know i was like don't ever 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 ask me about merch again but these are just tiny pieces of merch like stickers posters um pins 
they'll be available for you to purchase at the live show as well. I doubt I'll be putting them online because I can't be fucked to be um, putting things in parcels and sending them across the countries and all of that stuff. So, but if there happens to be some bits left over, I guess, girl, I'll see what I can do. But um, generally, um, everything that's there should be enough for the live show. Um, And like I said, any bits left over, I'll see what I'll do about that. But um. Yeah, that's it. I've been Kalechi Okafo and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Anyway, I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.